Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 216 of the Sophie Art Podcast. It's a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And today we're looking at an article, an ickle article from the art, well, it's from an art magazine, Imagine FX magazine, issue number three from April 2006. So I've actually done a a click look video of this which is up on YouTube and things and I'll put a link in the description to it because it's a, it's a very cool magazine and one of the articles in it is actually called Wakeham Wizardry with the artist Johnny Duddle <laughs> which I think is a cool name little Johnny Duddle and he's talking about his 20 tips for using the Wakeham Cintiq what it actually says is this is how it says it says Get more from your Wacom drawing tablet with Johnny Duddle's top 20 golden nuggets of advice on setting up and using them. So it covers everything really from the physical environment to things like the shortcuts and all the rest of it. So it's quite cool. And little Dennis is with us. He's, he helps us with this one he does. So let's get straight into this one. You can also see this as a video if you want up on YouTube. I think that's it for this, so let's get into this one. So little Dennis is going to get us into this one. <laughs> really excited for this. I think it's going to be cool. And I will say, the um, the first year of Imagine FX magazines, which was all the way back in 2006, they were really amazingly cool. Because I was surprised at how good the Imagine FX magazines started out. So they are, they are still as good as they were at the beginning. But I found it quite interesting. So this one here, the article, is called Wakeham Wizardry with the artist Johnny, Johnny Duddle, which I think is a cool name. And you can, find, you can find his artwork and things on his website, duddlebug.co.uk. And I'll put a link and everything in the description. You can also see this as a video if you wanted. So you can see some of... Johnny Duddle's little um, scribblings and things. He's, he's creating very... Um, they're almost like bonkers characters. Little monsters and things. But this article is all about 20 golden nuggets of advice on setting up and using Wacom tablets. And it looks like it's covering all of them. So like the little ones which haven't got a screen and also like the ones like the Cintiqs. So I've actually got both of these. I've got a, I've got a little Intuos, only a little one, and I've got a 21UX, a Cintiq. So I, I'm very interested for this because even though it's from the year 2006, I've got a feeling these tips are going to sort of be one of those things where it stands the test of time. So when I do these articles, I normally study from the article first and then like talk about it. But for this one, I've I've not actually looked at this article yet. I saw it in during the video I did last last week, I think it was, and I thought, oh, this is going to be cool for an for an article. So what I'm going to do is anything that pops out at me being interesting, I'm going to just take a little note, and at the end of the podcast, I'll come back and talk about all the main things. So what I thought I'd do is I'll start by reading the introduction. 
and he what he's done is he's actually he's created like a monkey <laughs> it's like a monkey space astronaut thing holding a cintiq so like i said he's he's got very um he's a very i feel like he's a bit of a bonkers character so this is what the article starts out it says i trained as an illustrator in the early 90s when computers were slow and expensive and photoshop didn't have a history palette <laughs> Most of my work was drawn with a dip pen and coloured with ink and watercolour washes. I bought my first Apple Mac in 1998 with a copy of Photoshop 5. I was hooked instantly. I could experiment with drawings and paintings without wasting a fortune on heavy watercolour paper and inks. I no longer had to lean over the bath, stretching watercolour paper onto big slabs of plywood that sounds that sounds quite fun actually. That's the thing I like about traditional is it's very sort of tactile. So I feel like you miss a little bit from um, going digital. But he says, what's more, I didn't have to start a picture all over again because my gillet nib had splurged ink across my carefully rendered line work. <laughs> it was a revelation, but I found the mouse cumbersome and restrictive. So I looked for an alternative and and a friend told me to try Wacom. Is it Wacom or Wacom? I feel like Wacom sounds like sexier, but I hear a lot of people call it Wacom. <laughs> like those Wacom moles. Listen to this, look. I bought a beige A6 art pad too. A beige? That doesn't sound very attractive. For £60 and was flabbergasted. I had all the control of a pen, but on my computer. It was so much more intuitive than my mouse, and much cleaner than my dip pen and stable brushes. Tablets have come a long way since 1998, but they still perform the same job. That's what I'm saying. Even though they keep sort of advancing these these Cintiqs and graphics tablets, really, at the end of the day, it's, it's the same, isn't it? All it is is it's a screen with a pen, and that's it. So f- that's why for me, I feel like the old ones are just as good as the new ones. That's what I'm thinking. What did he say here? Like he says, they make the task of creating art on a computer feel more natural. The following tips give more pointers to setting up and using a Wacom. Most of this advice is not specific to any particular model. That's what I thought. He says, because I've used most models since the ArtPad 2. Most application-specific tips apply to Photoshop. But what I've noticed is Affinity Affinity Photo is, is for me, is, is the, it's identical to Photoshop. So hopefully any tips in here for Photoshop will sort of work with, with other things. So the first, number one, golden nugget number one, horses for courses. And this is what it says there. Choose the tablet for you. They come in all shapes and sizes. They range in price from about £50 for an A6 Graphire to £2,000 for the Cintiq 21UX. If possible, I'd recommend trying the various sizes before buying. I know a few people who went straight out and bought A4 or bigger bigger Wacoms and then realised they didn't have enough desk space. Hmm, that's interesting. That's why I think if you get a big... A big Cintiq, you want to get like a desk stand. Because when I first started, I didn't have a um, 
I didn't, what I've got is I've got an Ergotron arm. But when I um, first started, I actually used the default stand and it took all my desk up. So it is true that the, it does take a lot of space, the big ones. She, this is what he says, look. I always haven't, or that they felt, yeah, he realised he didn't have enough space, desk space, or that they felt that they were swinging their arm about too much for the larger tablet. My own favourite size tablet is A5. That's quite little. But I used my iPad 2 for several years and only changed model when my G3 Mac died and I needed a USB connection for my new Windows laptop. So he bought an A6 Intros 2. I think I, I think I've got one. I've got an intro small, so I think mine's an A5 one. You don't need to spend a fortune to benefit from a Wacom. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, the other thing is these Wacom Cintiq 21UXs. In this article, in 2006, they were two thousand pound plus. I actually managed to pick one up for, I think it's about 150, 150 quid, box and everything. So they're not actually that expensive, the older ones, and like I say, they seem to perform exactly the same. So what I'll say here is, get an older model. That's what I would say. <laughs> but also, if you look on like um, Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree and things, every so often you'll see somebody selling one of these little graphics tablets for like £10 or something. So the next one, the next, the golden nugget number two, desk space. The, the thing that pops out to me is, what I would say is, like I said, get an Ergotron arm. Because what you can do with that is you can clamp, you can clamp the um, the arm, which holds the Cintiq, you can clamp it onto the desk. So what happens is it frees up all of your desk space. So it's almost like the, the Cintiq is sort of floating in the air. So you keep the big size, but you don't lose the desk space. But this is what he says in the article. Arrange your workspace. A poorly arranged workspace can put all sorts of strains on your body and won't help you get work done efficiently. One of the great things about a tablet is that you use a pen instead of your mouse, which is much less likely to lead to problems with your hands and wrists. But it's still important to get set up correctly with a supportive chair and a desk at a height which enables you to keep your forearms horizontal. Well, that's quite interesting. He's sort of talking about the um, the ergonomics there, the whole thing. But he didn't mention about the um, the size of the actual screen really. That was more about the um, the desk and things. But could you imagine trying to do a like a realistic a realistic digital painting or something with a mouse? That would be mad, wouldn't it? Golden nugget number three: drawing room. I wonder what this is. Comfort and arm room are important. I like to have room for my drawing arm. There's nothing more irritating than an obscru- obstructed drawing arm. Keep the space free around your tablet. And give the tablet plenty of desk space for when you want to turn it so that you can draw at an awkward angle. Allow your forearm space to swing about. Well, really, I would have put that one with the second one. I feel like that's a bit of a um, a cheeky a cheeky little tip there, really. I would have, I would put that in with the other one. 
if you if your desk space is set up correctly, then you're going to have lots of room to move your arms about. But I do like the fact that you mentioned about the Cintiqs being able to swing about. Golden nugget number four, keyboard position. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because what, what I've got is I've got this little numpad. You know like the keyboards, you know like your uh, keyboards, you get the numbers on it. Well, I've got this little numpad USB thing. And what you can do is, is basically as if somebody's got a keyboard and chopped off the number the little numbers thing so you can actually you can have that by but so when you're drawing you, you got your fingers on these numbers as like a little hotkeys in the article he says even if you have an interface free with its touch strip and function keys you you will still need to use your keyboard for shortcuts and i think as well for like typing in things file names and things so he says make sure you can reach the keyboard without stretching the position of your keyboard and Wacom will probably evolve with use, but always keep it comfortable to avoid any risk of repetitive strain injury. I like this. He, he's really looking after us, isn't he? So this first bit, the first four tips were actually more about the, like the sort of, the environment. So, yeah, and now it looks like we're moving on to actually setting up the Cintiq. So, well, the other thing is as well, you can get these little, um, little like special gadgets. It's as if you're holding a mobile phone, but it's full of buttons and things. So, that is something that's evolved over the years. Is you don't really, you don't necessarily need a keyboard, because you can now use little, um, little gadgets. Golden nugget number five: setting up a Wacom. Listen to this, look. Setting up and installing Wacom software is straightforward. Well, at the moment, what I, the um, if you get like a Cintiq 21UX, you, d- you do have to actually use a specific driver on Windows 10. I don't know if it works with Windows 11, but I know it doesn't work with the latest versions of Mac OS. So there are a little bit of limitations with using older tablets. But this is what he says, look. It's worth reading through the online help and getting familiar with the various settings. Have Photoshop open, or Painter if you preferred. If you make, have Photoshop open if you make changes to the default Wacom settings. So you can see how the changes affect your brush strokes in real time. Golden nugget number six, mapping to dual monitors. This is quite cool. Dual monitors radically alter the shape of your desktop. By default, Awaken will map across both monitors, which means a digital a digital line you draw on Awaken will be at a different angle on screen. What does this mean? Dual monitors radically alter the shape of your desktop. By default, Awaken will map across both monitors, which means a digital line you draw on the Awaken will be at a different angle on the screen. I don't quite understand that. You can set the mapping to just one monitor, but you have to use your mouse on your second monitor. I used to map my A5 Wacom to take... Oh, I know what he's talking about, the little ones, isn't he? I don't know. I used to map my A5 Wacom to take in the first portion of my second display. 
so that I could put my Photoshop palettes up against the edge of the screen on the second monitor. I'm not quite sure about this one. I don't actually quite understand that. I've never used your monitors with mine, Cintiq. So I don't, I don't quite understand that. But what I've seen is I've seen a lot of artists who they have dual monitors. So on their like Cintiq, they're drawing, and on their monitor they got like reference images and things. That's quite cool. Golden nugget number seven: customized Wacom settings. The default settings on a Wacom are pretty intuitive and work well for most people. Set your tip feel to your liking because people draw differently, whether it's on paper or digitally. And as you familiarise yourself with the Wacom stylus and tablet, consider changing to the settings that could improve your workflow. The Wacom menu can be found in your system preferences on a Mac or in the control panel in Windows. I like this because that's the thing. A lot of a lot of it, you actually have to sort of play around before you know what's happening. Because somebody might say the best way to do something is this, but for you it might not be like that. So everyone is different, but there's always sort of general rules that fit in there. But the other thing that I like about that is, like for me, the thing that surprised me the most is how much drawing digitally feels almost identical to traditional especially on the ipad i feel like the ipad with procreate is the closest i've ever got to um feeling like digital is traditional but even with that you have to ch play around with it because like i said especially like the pressure sensitivity some people like i like i like the pressure to be so that i can because with, with my tradition with me um mechanical pencils I like to do very light things and build up the tones. So I I like to recreate that on the digital. But there's some people who might like it to be more sort of more darker straight away sort of thing. I like that one. Golden nugget number eight, stylus buttons. The Wacom stylus has a button along its body. I think these are right click and left click by default. For Photoshop, I find right-click incredibly useful for picking brushes as I'm painting. I've also experimented with yeah, mapping the eye, eyedropper tool to the other button for picking colours quickly while painting. I like, that's what I've got. I've got mine set up for eye, eyedropper. And I think the other one's set up for undo. Like, like that. <laughs> Those little buttons are cool though. Imagine if imagine if they could do that with um, a mechanic, like a, a traditional pen or a pencil or something. Imagine if you had a little button on the side, you could push it, and it sort of turns your your pencil into an eraser. That would be quite. I reckon you could do that. You know those pens you get, which have got like four colours in them. Well, surely there's no reason why you couldn't have a thing where one of the things is like a. Oh, that would be cool. One of them could be say a 2B lead one could be like a 2H lead and then the other one could be like an eraser like the mono eraser pen so what could happen is you could actually you would actually have all of your you'd have a light a dark and an eraser in the one pen 
traditionally. That would be very, very cool, especially at art class. Because like last night we did, um, we did, well, it was portrait drawing, but I sort of turned it into life drawing. And what I've, what I've, what, what happened for me was I had, I had a pen in my, in my mouth. <laughs> well, I had my mono eraser in my mouth, a pen in one hand, and another, a pencil in one hand, and another pencil in another hand. So it was like I was sitting there with all these things going on. And a couple of weeks ago, I've, I dropped some stuff on the floor because you're balancing all these things. Somebody should, I wonder if you can do that, a traditional tool which allows you to have a, a, a pencil and a, an eraser instantly. Because I've, I've never really liked turning the, pen, the pencil over to erase. Number nine, double click. What's this all about? Look, this is what he says. Set the speed of your double click in the wake on menu. It can be infuriating if this is set wrong, especially if you use your Wacom almost exclusively instead of your mouse. Make sure the speed feels fluid and natural. Yeah, that was, that's one of the things I I struggle with the most, is trying to get the double click. What I ended up doing in the end was, I, I've actually done it so that if I hold, if I hold the button, the pen on the screen, it actually turns into a double click. Because what I noticed was every time I tried to double click, it was too inconsistent. So what I do now is if I hold the thing down, it it recreates it. Um, well, what it does is it brings up the the right the right click menu. That's it. Yeah, the right click menu. Yeah, not the double click. I've I've got it mapped to the um, the right click because I I like using that little you know that little menu that pops up. With the right click. Golden nugget number 10. We're at the halfway point here. What do you do? Before changing all the settings, spend time assessing your workflow and identifying the tasks, buttons and shortcuts you use the most. I recently upgraded from an A6 Intros 2 to a Cintiq 21UX and spent the first few weeks constantly changing what I assigned to my function keys and touch strip. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like I said, it is going to be different depending on what you're doing. But I suppose what this is saying is when you when you go into different tablets, you you might actually have to change your workflow. That's one of the another thing I like about traditional. If you're using a pencil, it's a pencil. That's it. A piece of paper and a pencil. That's it. The next one, look, number eleven, function keys. The function keys on an Intuos three can be useful for shortcuts and especially for common tasks and awkward multi multiple key shortcuts. I have my function keys set up for free transform. Hue and saturation, levels, colour balance and fill. I use these menu items in Photoshop regularly. Mapping them to the function keys saves opening drop down menus. Again, this is another thing that is going to be different for everyone. Because like, well, yeah, it's different for everyone. So, I'll tell you what I like though. On the, um, 
on the Cintiq, the 21UX, you've got this thing where it's like a little, um, what's it called? It's like a little on-screen menu and you can actually put loads of stuff in there. So I, li- I like the on-screen. You've got like, you've got function keys. So instantly be able to do it. But you've also got, you've also got your buttons on your, your pen. But you've also got the, um, an on-screen menu as well. So there's loads of different options. And again, this is one of those things like some people might prefer the tactileness of, of keys because you can get your muscle memory going. But sometimes it's actually good to have a on-screen, especially for like options like saving and things like that. The touch strip. This is number 12. The touch strip. These are good fun. But I've disabled the touch strip to the right of my tablet because I found I was constantly triggering it with my arm. <laughs> I use the other the other touch strip for brush size. It's a handy way of resizing the brush tip without tapping away at the keys. If I want to be more precise, I can use the right click on the stylus button to set brush size with the slider on the brush pop-up. That's something I think Procreate does amazingly. Because on Procreate, all you do is you... You hold your thing, you hold the the pen on the screen, and you you drag it left and right, and it sort of changes the size. That's cool. What I, I like this little, there's a little like the touch strip is like a little um. It's just like a, it's like scrolling on a mouse on a um, on a screen on a touch screen, <laughs> like up and down. So it's quite cool. We're on to number thirteen opacity this is an interesting one this is the wacom's biggest strength yeah using pen pressure to control opacity gives complete control to the artist in photoshop opacity is set in other dynamics in the brushes palette by setting opacity jitter control to pen pressure in painter opacity can be set in the general tab in the brusher created by setting the opacity expression to pressure using pen pressure to control opacity gives complete control to the artist the other thing is you could you could put opacity onto the touch strip if you used it a lot like and again procreate procreate's menu system for me is absolutely whoever designed that really is probably one of the best ui designers ever because it's so it's so intuitive, so powerful, and so simple. I feel like that one's quite specific, though. Opacity. Golden nugget number fourteen. Brush tip size. I thought he'd already said about that on his touch strips. Using pressure to control. Oh yeah. Brush size can also give a natural feel to brushes in Photoshop and Painter. This can be useful for for inking line work. For instance, working with tip size set to pen pressure and opacity set to 100% can give a good inked look for comic work. That's one of the things I love is is I just I find it very sort of satisfying when you sort of you go light to dark and thin to thick on the Cintiq it's it just it, for me it feels quite sexy sort of it is satisfying 
You can get some beautiful lines. Look at it. This might be this week's inspirational quote. Awakened tablet gives the freedom to draw, scribble and paint in a more in a much more natural way. That's a nice little thingy. Tip number 15. The eraser on the end of the um, thing. Does anyone actually use that? Because I've always found it's it's much easier to just hold your finger on the button. Like the erase button and use the pen. This is what it says that the eraser has always been eluded. The eraser has always eluded me. Yeah, I know it's there, but never use it. I find that if my hand is hovering over the keyboard, and it usually is, even with function keys and touch strips, I prefer to use E for eraser. That's what I said. I feel like it's it's much better to. It's just it's much. I feel like it takes more time to turn the the pen around and use the eraser than it does to just hold your finger down and and use the the pen tip as an eraser. But that's why I, I said I think it'd be cool if someone did it with a traditional. The amount of time it takes to switch put an put an eraser in your hand and then get your pen. Whereas if you had a button on your your traditional pencil which allowed you to pull a, an eraser out, imagine how cool that would be. I, he says, I keep meaning to assign it to something completely different, such as save perhaps, question mark. Pop. I like that one. Yeah, like I say, I wonder if anyone actually even uses that eraser. That button on it. Tip number six. Teen. <laughs> tilt. I've got to be honest and say I haven't used tilt to any great degree. I know that tilt is effective in painter and I've played around with it a little a little bit. Basically, the angle and tilt of the stylus affects the mark made by the brush. See, I use that all the time in Procreate because that's like um, working traditionally. So if you use the side of the thing, the size of the if you use the side of the pen, it it does a, it looks like you sort you can do lots of tone on it. This can give a whole new level of real world control. Try it because it's good fun. That's what I mean. It's amazing, really, how to me how they've managed to recreate traditional in a digital pen. I find it. I find it. It's amazing. Number 17, nibs. Wake and provide several nibs with the current generation of tablets. These nibs don't affect the mark made, but affect the way it feels making the mark. Yeah. I've got a couple of them. I've got a hard one, a soft one, and I've got a... um, It's got like a spring on it. But it's amazing how these different nibs affect... Because some of them, the soft, the one I like, I love the one that it makes it feel like you're, you're using a mark or something. Because you can sort of feel, there's like a bit of resistance as you push on the um, canvas. And it just feels, it feels cool. Whereas the, the one, that the hard one, it feels very much like you're sort of, it almost, it feels like you, sometimes you've got like a needle and you're scratching the screen. Whereas the soft one feels like you're sort of playing with the screen. And I feel like the feeling of that connection between, well, it's between you and the canvas, really. That's important to me. 
And I never realised how the the nibs could change could change that. Because I didn't even realise you could change the nibs. I thought there was I thought there was only one type of nib. But that was one of the first things I um I found out about was these different types of nibs. They're very hard to find though for the Cintiq Twenty One UX. So I, I bought a load of them. Says here, look, try them out. I stick to the default nibs because lots of spares are supplied. Again, that's the thing, isn't it? If you start getting used to these um, fancy ones and then you can't find them, that could actually affect... Because you might think, oh, I can't do a good drawing now because I ain't got me nibs. <laughs> look, once your nib starts to look more pointed or has flat edges, consider changing it for a spare to avoid... To avoid scratching this tablet's surface. I like that one. Golden Nugget number 18. Application specific settings. Yeah, this is cool. I know on the, on the um, Cintiq 21 UX, you can actually assign... You can assign all the shortcut buttons, all the express keys and things. You can assign them to different things. Different shortcuts depending on the software you're using. Which again, how cool is that? Because different software might use a different like keyboard shortcut for the same thing. So I like that. It says here, look, most of my tips have been made more uh, I've made more mention of Photoshop than Painter or other applications. I know people who use a Wacom for working in Maya or 3DS Max. Whatever package you use you can have different settings for each by using application specific settings. This can be very useful if you have different shortcuts in Painter than in Photoshop and want to apply some of these to your function keys. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I noticed this as well. That there's a there's about a couple of weeks where you sort of have to um, set everything up and and you only really realise what you need to do by playing around with stuff. But once it's all done, it's cool. But I do wonder sometimes, imagine if something happened and you lost all your settings. <laughs> that would be quite annoying, I imagine. Oh, one of the things I put in here, I would have said, back up your settings. That would have been one of my nuggets. of One of my tips would have been, back up your settings onto a USB stick or something. Because that's the thing. It's like, once you get used to... Like, if you've got your keyboard set up with all your shortcuts, it is that muscle memory. And you get so used to it that if something changes, it can it can completely throw off your your work your workflow. Golden Nugget ni- number 19, Wacoms and Laptops. Although I've upgraded the Wacom tablet I use with my desktop machine, I still have my A6 Intros 2 with my laptop. A small Wacom and a laptop enable an artist to paint pretty much anywhere. See, this has now sort of been superseded by the iPad Pro, really, isn't it? Well, and also the Cintiq Companion. And I'd, I'd also say the Surface Pro. It says, look, I've managed to draw from observation in bars and calves with this setup. <laughs> Imagine if you went into a cafe with your full computer... And a Cintiq 21UX. Could you imagine that? It'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? You, you go in there and set it all up on your thing and start drawing. 
It's not quite as easy or flexible as a sketchbook and pencil, but almost. Yeah, for me, I feel like nothing beats a sketchbook and pencil for outside. Because, well, this is why the um, the iPad's quite good as well. Because the iPad, again, is very much like a sketchbook and pencil. So, uh, reading through this, I wonder whether the iPad Pro has almost sort of... I was going to say made a Wacom tablet obsolete. I don't. I don't think so, though. But what I think is, I think. Um, well, could you imagine if you could use the Apple Pencil on a on a on a Wacom Cintiq? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Because the the pencil, the Apple Pencil, is just so perfect. The final look, the final one here, freedom. What a beautiful way to end it. His final tip. A Wacom tablet gives the freedom to draw, scribble and paint in a much more natural way than a mouse ever could. But I would say not as much as it traditional. A computer gives you the freedom to experiment with different paint packages without wasting cash on paper, inks and paint. There's, there's no excuse not to experiment and have fun. Well, I like the fact he ended with playing. So, what is my what is my overall thoughts about this article? I like the way it's set up because we've got little characters. It's I find it I think it's quite a fun looking article. Some of these tips were very cool. I think my favourite my favourite tip was probably about the nibs. And um, yeah, I like the nibs. I like the freedom. I like the bit about the application specific settings. I like as well that he talked about things that he doesn't actually use. Like he talked about tilting and the eraser. So he can see that they are, well, he can see how the benefits of tilt, but he also was honest enough to say he didn't use it. And I respect people who are honest because he could have pretended that he uses it all the time and it's amazing. But I, I gained a lot of respect from from that. I think some of these. Um, well, I like the first one as well. Horses for courses, because it's basically saying it doesn't have to be. What my takeaway from that was, you don't have to go jumping straight into the most expensive thing. Start out with a little one and see if you like it, a cheap one, because you can get them for like five or ten quid on, on eBay and things. And they're worth just playing around with, I think. But I feel like a lot of these golden nuggets, I think some of them could have been put in together. So, like, I feel like the desk space, the the drawing room and the keyboard, maybe even could have been one tip. So they, this could have been, I reckon, ten tips. So sometimes I wonder whether they're told that they need 20 tips so they start sort of making things up. <laughs> I've thought about that before. Yeah, but I like this. It's, it's cool. Wacom Wizardry with Johnny Duddle. Doing. So little Dennis said it's game over, sunshine, for that one. I really hope you enjoyed that. And I, I just realised there wasn't any kitty kisses at the start of this one. So that's to make up for it. So little kitty's happy now. And what I did was I actually took some, I took some little notes as I was doing the article at the end and the main 
five things I, I, I wrote down was nibs, <laughs> your physical environment, freedom, how it's very user specific, like case by case, and also how anyone can play. So the first one, the nibs. For me, I feel like the nibs is actually a lot more important than everything else because the nibs is is your connection to... And I feel like, for me, that, that tactile feeling is very important. So it makes me wonder whether trying out different types of pens would also be would also be quite um, important. So, like, f- for instance, the Wacom Cintiq 21UX, you can get these different types of pens. One of them's got, like, a chisel tip. Now, I love using chisel tips in my, um, in my sketchbooks because you can get the fat and the thin lines. So if you can actually recreate that on the, on the Cintiq or something, that would be powerful. And there's, a, there's another one, an airbrush. I don't think I'd ever use that. But there is also loads of different pens. So if they're all using different nibs, I think this article made me really realise the importance of the nibs. Because I hadn't, I hadn't actually sort of thought about it before. Even though I was aware of it, I hadn't really thought about it. That's why I like these articles. It sometimes makes you understand things a lot better just by sort of thinking about things. <laughs> The other thing is your physical environment. So I, I spoke about how like having a stand is well, I highly recommend the Ergotron. I think it's called the Ergotron XL because what it does is it really it stabilizes really does stabilize the screen and it allows you to tilt it in all different angles. So and it's very is solid. The um the Ergotron arm you can really feel that it's a strong a strong thing so for me that's i think that's probably one of the, the if i was going to get a big a big tablet a big drawing tablet i would definitely get a, a stand that you can clamp to your desk because it's amazing how much space it takes up and if you're like me you're sort of limited for space desk space is so important and I just could not sacrifice, I couldn't sacrifice a whole desk all the time because it, it, my draw, my desk here gets used for loads of different things. So the, really the only way I could do it is with a with a, a, clamp, a desk clamp. That's another thing I'd recommend. <laughs> but also I like the fact he, he went on about the physical environment quite a lot. So even though I think they could have put those three tips together, I think having three three separate tips about about your workspace the physical thing it actually makes you think about it a lot more so maybe it was a good thing because especially because like what i've got the, my drawing desk is is a desk with nothing underneath it so what that does is it means i've got because it's actually a bigger desk than my other desks i've ever had in that it's, it's deeper and it's it's just got more space underneath it, so like I can move around a lot more. So it is, it is important. Like the, um, it's not just about the, the tools you're using. It's also about how you've got it all set up. So it is interesting that. <laughs> the other thing is freedom. I love the fact he said freedom, but for me, what I got from that was it made me realise how sort of. 
well, for me, it's like the iPad Pro. The iPad Pro with Procreate is the ultimate form of freedom for digital artists, I think. Because you can do anything. You can do anything that you, anything you can do in on Photoshop or something, you can do with an iPad Pro, but you can do it anywhere. And it's also the closest you can get to traditional. So I, I could totally imagine in the future, all digital artists are actually using Procreate and iPad Pros instead of Photoshop and stuff. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> because it is true that freedom is very important. I mean, again, if you've got this massive... If you've got this massive um, drawing tablet, you're actually limited. It's not like you can pick this up and just move it around all over the place. You're actually very limited. But it's also a good thing because you get so much space to draw that that is freeing as well. So in a strange way, by being limited to to a big tablet, it is freeing in that you get more space. Because with a little, an iPad Pro, you're sort of, you are restricted by the size of the screen. So it's this thing where, again, a bit like the thing where he says, oh, this is all like a case-by-case basis. I feel like each each type of tablet has its benefits. I feel like it's not you get one big one and that's it. Sometimes you a big one is what you want. <laughs> Sounds a bit rude. Sometimes you want a little one. Because like, it's, it's very much like sketchbooks and things. You haven't got just big sketchbooks when you're working traditionally. You've got little ones. I've even got tiny little... What are they? I think they're... They must be about A3 or A2. No, they're not. They're A6, A7. They're absolutely tiny little sketchbooks, which i got in my bag. So I can just scribble down little things, like when I'm outside or something. But then when, when you're at life drawing, you want a nice big sketchbook to capture the thing. So it's it's just a case of um like you've got freedom in you've got freedom in being able to take things portably, but you also you've got freedom in a big canvas. So it's quite interesting though. I love that he ended the article with freedom though. I thought that was cool. <laughs> the next bit, very user specific, case by case basis. So I felt like a lot of the tips in this article he was talking about things, and but he was—I he, like the fact he kept saying, "Like you're gonna, you're gonna actually have to experiment with this yourself." So it's almost like he was highlighting things to be thinking about, but uh, it's going to be different for everyone, and I love that as well. So I just thought that was quite cool, and also the last thing anyone can play. Like I said, you can you can buy some of these tablets for like five quid or something. So, you might as well give it a go, I suppose. Yeah, and especially like the older one. I've got a, um, I've got a laptop in the cupboard, which is a very old laptop, and I can do little sketches on that. So, you're not, like, basically anyone can play. I don't think there's any limitations to working digitally. That's what I'm thinking, especially not nowadays. And like I said during the um, article. I don't see a problem with going with older models because you get them for cheaper and they do the same thing, if you ask me. <laughs> so that's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll put links to everything in the description. I'll put a link to Johnny Duddle's website. I did go on it earlier and it looks like... Oh, I've just dropped my thingy. 
updated the, his website for ages but what I went onto his blog and he, he actually he had it looks like he's got a, a quite a nice little blog going on but his website it had nothing on it just like a it had a link to his blog and a link to something else I can't remember what it was but I still put it in there because it's cool <laughs> so this was an article called Wake and Wizardry with Johnny Duddle for mission number three of the Imagine FX magazine. And this week's inspirational quote. This is cool. A Wacom tablet gives the freedom to draw, scribble and paint in a much more natural way. So he's, he's basically comparing it to a mouse. Which I think is cool. But what I like about what I think is. I would say. I would say it's, it's more like. It, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Well, you've got to put the Wacom tablet in there because this is about Wacoms. But I think it's we've got to a point now where working traditionally is is identical, really. No, working digitally is identical to tri- traditional. If if you get the right things, because like you can get like Procreate, for instance, you can set it up so that all you do is you just use one brush. And you use it to do sketching. So it's cool. So this week's inspirational quote A waking tablet gives the freedom to draw, scribble, and paint in a much more natural way. Johnny Duddle. Johnny Dodo, Johnny Dodo. 